Oh, hi. It's time for another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. Hi. I'm just in- enjoying saying hi right now. It feels great in my mouth. Um, One of my favorite things about living in L.A., and I've lived here for, oh, oh God, over 17 years, I love going to free screenings. It's one of my favorite things. I mean, obviously, free, operative word, lovely. But the, you know, and it's really great because you usually get to see a movie like a sometimes just like a week before it opens and sometimes like months and months. And they do a lot of test screenings here to try to see how, you know, um, something plays. And I remember when my mom came to visit, uh, you know, a million years ago, uh, um, we I took her to an advanced screening of uh, Napoleon Dynamite, and she thought that was just amazing because she was, you know, she was like, "This is isn't going to come out in theaters for like a year," and you know, it's it's uh, I'm on a million mailing lists, and some of them are through the the acting union, and some of them are just just random people that I know, and I just stay on these lists to go and see these movies or or TV shows or whatever um, that, that you know ahead of time. Plus, it makes me go see things that I probably wouldn't see, um, which I've talked about. I think I talked about last week how how cool that is to just go and sit down and watch something that I never would be interested in. And if it's terrible, you can leave, and you've spent free on it. So go. Um, but on top of all that. It's so fascinating the people who come to these screenings, um, Drew Drogi and the bizarre denizens of Los Angeles. Um, and I'm just so fascinated by, you know, b- b- how these people like get anything together to put on pants and make it to the theater because they are lunatics. Um, it's a lot of like people who have, you know, clearly been out here for a long time. I'm, I'm completely talking about myself, by the way. I'm, I'm, I'm this person. So get ready. Um, but just like I've been out here for a really long time. Um, there's just this. There's this this crazed anger. I don't know why a free anything makes people crazy. Like you tell people like something's free, they 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 will complain. They're upset. You know, it's like you know, for a free movie, they always overbook it because when people don't spend anything, they can always like flake at the last minute. So for a theater, they overbook you know the reservations, and so they say get there early. They always do that. You have to stand in line and wait till they let you in, and people like show up mad that they have to be in line, and they're just like, "What is going on?" And they're just like, they're always think there's some sort of conspiracy against them. You're getting a free movie. Relax or don't go if you hate it so much. Don't go. No one's making you do this. Um, but they sit there, and they're there are also a lot of people that just panic, and they're just expecting the worst thing to be happening at all times. Like this must, the end of the world must be coming because you know we 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 can't sit down and watch Carol, you know, or whatever. Um, and so I went uh, the other day to uh, a screening of a, a show, which my one of my guests today uh, is uh, um, a, a, mem- a, a member of. <laughs> Have I ever been in anything or know how it works? He's a cast member on this show called I Love Dick. Uh, he guest starred on this on the pilots. You so please watch it. It's so good. I'll talk about it in a minute. It's it's amazing. It's on Amazon. And by the time this podcast uh, this episode uh, you know drops, it'll it'll already be um, able. You'll be able to see all of them. Um, but anyway, I went to go to this, this screening, um, and it's, it was at a, it was at a hotel and, um, you, we got there, we get there early and I got there a little bit early and there were, oh, I don't know, maybe 25, 30 people there in line, uh, in a big theater. So, you know, we all were going to get in and it was going to be, it was going to be fine. 
And they said, you know, if you're in the guild, which the, you know, if you're in one of the like the acting, the Screen Actors Guild or the Writers Guild, like you stand in this special line because you get preferential treatment. And if you're not, there's another line uh, over here. So I just only saw one line. So I was like, I'm going to go stand in the one line and everybody's going to get in. So it's not really going to matter. Well, that wasn't good enough for uh, for this couple that, that walked up behind me. The woman was screaming when we got there. Where's the guild line? I need to we need to stay under the guild line. We're members of the guild um, as if, you know, she's a wizard or something like she's, you know, oh, you live in L.A. and you're in a guild. Oh, my God. Do you like pizza and friendship? Great. Good for you. You're interesting. Um, And so anyway, she's screaming and needing to let everyone at this hotel. And a lot of people are checking in. It's at a hotel. And like they're they're not all, you know, in her world, believe it or not. Um, Then so she's she's really upset about that. And, and, And also it was like 30 minutes before the movie or the before the show was screening. We all were going to get in. Just relax. Then this other this other uh, four foursome, I guess, two couples walk up and this woman was talking about how excited she was to see the show. It was it's called I Love Dick starring Jessica Hahn. And she's like, I love Jessica Hahn and I'm so glad she's she's back. I can't wait to see her in this thing. You know, and I was like, oh, she means Catherine Hahn. And she's but she's saying Jessica Hahn, who if you guys know who that was, I grew up in Charlotte, North Carolina in the 80s. So I know exactly who Jessica Hahn was. She was Jim Baker, the televangelist um, who had PTL. He was like, um, he had a huge affair with Jessica Hahn, who was his secretary. And she just looked like 80s lip gloss whore uh, in the best possible way. And of course, she told all and spilled and, you know, brought the church down. And so, you know, whatever. And then she was in Penthouse and then went away. So it was like hilarious that this woman, you know, just is getting the name wrong. And she means Catherine Hahn. So while I'm having this thought, one of the guys that was with her in the, in the group said, oh, you mean you mean Catherine Hahn? And the woman said, no, Jessica Hahn. And they're like, no, the, Catherine Hahn is the actress. No, 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 I know. This is Jessica Hahn. No, Jessica Hahn was the secretary to Jim Baker in the 80s. No, I know. I know. And I can't. She's in this show. It's called I Love Dick. And she does. And I can't wait to see what this is about. So this woman actually thought that Jessica Hahn 30 years later was given her own show called I Love Dick and we were going to be subjected to it as a, as a people like we were just going to have to experience that um so I can't imagine what it was like for her watching this so it's just such a lovely time to reflect and to people watch when you're in these situations I finally got let into the theater I sat down it was a big theater there were a million seats and I ended up filling up later cuz they did, people you know came but this one lady insisted on sitting right next to me and she had this crazy reason why she needed to sit right there and she had bags with her it looked like she had like a large shasta and some meringues she was ready to camp out and watch two episodes of a 30 minute tv show and you know spend her saturday there um anyway despite all of that the show is wonderful it's so smart i'm going to talk about it a lot when when pat is on is on the show so i'll, I'll save all of that but do check out I Love Dick and never turn out an opportunity to go to a free screening. Just <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here with the delightful and wonderful Tom DeTrinis and Pat Town. 
Hello. Hi. Hello, gents. Hi. How are y'all? Good. Good. Wonderful. Oh my God, it's great. You're a little tired? What's yeah. Yeah, I was moving furniture all last night for the carpet cleaners who came in today who had cleaning a carpet that hadn't been cleaned in over 10 years. Oh, oh no, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. Now, that, this is at your home. Yeah. Oh. You know, it's funny. I see a lot of black water when it comes out. Oh, my God. I say, wow, this carpet hasn't been clean in a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, man. Yeah, You're yeah, right. You're right. Oh, so, so on top of it, you like get, you have to deal with the like embarrassment. of. I'm embarrassed constantly when anyone comes I, into my place because I'm like, <laughs> I know I get it. It's it's messy and I haven't straightened things yeah. and I haven't hung a picture and I need to paint the walls and I'm a constant wreck. I went to your house one time and you were like very nervous about me yeah, going there. Yeah, I'm nervous about everybody going over there. You were like, Tom, it's just us. There's things all over and, and just... <laughs> And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> totally it's fine, totally Drew. Fine. Relax. No, I'm okay with that. My wife, though, she just she doesn't. If, if you were, if someone would, uh, uh, Spencer's girlfriend came over. My son's girlfriend came over last night. And I said, yeah, you're lucky your mom isn't here because uh, <laughs> she would not have allowed it. Because there's just junk in the in the living room because right. we had to move it out for the carpet cleaner. Oh, I see. Oh. But you your see. wife, is, an, is she a neat freak? Uh, not a neat freak, but she does like things to look nice if people come over. Oh, I get that. That's yeah. yeah. That's mm-hmm. where, that's how my parents are growing up, and we always had to straighten up. We also moved a lot growing up, and mm. so we always had to have our house like on display. I our, my father was right. a crazy neat freak. I mean, he was mm. like my mom had to teach him to like leave a magazine out, like because that was <laughs> when they, my mom always said when they started dating that my dad was the he was just all about it. The realtor's coming over, honey. Leave, the, leave, <laughs> leave a magazine out. Leave, leave better home and garden out. there. <laughs> my dad, his first business was carpet cleaning. He used to go into restaurants and bars and clubs in New York City and clean the carpets to pay his way through chiropractic school. Oh my school. god, I love that. So he would always clean our house carpet. It's like two times a year. So our carpets were always pristine. And your, father, like is, your father's an amazing uh, chiropractor. Yes. Um, there, uh, he, uh, he and your mom came and saw... Our Bright show, colors. Yeah, my show. Like, how many how many times did they come? Three, three times. Three times. In two weeks. They, in two weeks in New York, they came and saw and came and saw um, the show. Oh, that's and sweet. And I yeah. threw out my back really badly one night uh, the, in the middle of this montage when I'm supposed to be, like, throwing myself around and drinking and going crazy. And I, and I just, I, the second half of the show, I was like, I'm having trouble breathing. And this is really hard. And it happened to be a night that Tom's dad was there, and he did an adjustment on me downstairs of the theater, just immediately, like here, boom, and it, and I was better. I was fine. Bing. If you catch it, something like that, you catch like right away uh-huh. in that day or the next day, and you're going to be like, oh, it's a little sore, but it's not like I am immobile. Right. Well, that's the problem is I think you think when you do something, you're like, it'll go away. Uh-huh. It'll work itself out, and it just gets worse. You know, like when you like sleep weird, and then you get that weird stiff neck, and you're like, oh, yep. that's going to hurt. And then right. like a day or so later, you're like, I, I cannot, I can't, I, I, I can only move. go forward in my car. Right. I cannot right. go backwards. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I, and, um. I try to work all those things. It's very hard. Oh, you know? yeah. We just are, you know. Um, but to go back uh, uh, to your wife, Pat. Hi. Oh, hi. I don't know I told you in person. I saw you and loved you in I Love Dick. Oh, thank it's you. It's so good. It's thank so great. And, and by the time this airs, it'll be, uh, everybody will be talking about it. But oh, it's excellent. a new show that that you and your wife both worked on. And it's on Amazon. Yeah. Amazon Prime drops uh, May the 12th. Uh, that, yeah, that would be fr- uh, yeah, Friday, that w- May 12th. And uh, my wife is a consulting producer on it. And I just had a little bit in the pilot. 
And you're so funny in it. Oh, it's so great. It's, it's so, the longer I get away from it, the more I think about it and the more I like it. I am telling you, I love the show. I, we watched it, we binge watched it all in one sitting. Oh, cool. And uh, I'm really taken with not only just the show by itself, but also just knowing Jill uh, Soloway, who created it, and Transparent, just seeing the way she's attempting to do something do a new make a new language out of the use of film and even what a yes. comedy show is you know what i mean yes, it's absolutely palpable. well and it's 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 challenging in a way that you you don't even have dialogue for because yeah. you're like you're watching i mean i've only watched the first two episodes mm. uh, that's i went to a screening of it which i talked about in my in my intro but i um they did, they showed the first two mm-hmm. and it's it's so feminist, but it's about this obsession with this man this guy, with this and about macho like guy. and it's so it's it's I, I love is a Catherine Hahn who is you know a, a gift to a us dream. all uh, a fucking dream. I mean yeah. she's so great and and she's you know this filmmaker and she's she's arrogant and she's from mm-hmm. New York and she's just you know and crazy her, lady and uh, yeah and her. Husband Griffin Dunn mm-hmm. it gets a grant, or he gets like a, a fellowship. A fellowship at, at this place where in, Dick is uh, right. works and Marfa in Marfa, Texas, and so like she's just going down to drop him off before she goes to Venice because her film's in the Venice Film Festival, and she's you know a little bit looking down her nose and in a you know in a, a very real way, and then mm-hmm. I'm not going to give away, but but basically it's about this obsession with Kevin Bacon who plays Dick, who is the worst. Mm-hmm. You know, embodiment of male aggression, and he's just this <laughs> shitty guy. But you get it. You're like, oh, you're, yeah. everyone's obsessed with him, and men are obsessed with him, and women, and what it what it awakens in them, and just that. But also that weird connect between like, I'm a feminist in my head. You know, I mm-hmm. have all these, I you know, these lofty ideas, and this. I want to change the world. I want to say something as a woman, and yet. Here I am, and yet I'm a slave so to this man. On by that man, right? It, it was funny when they'll you'll see it in the in the pilot. There's a shot when you first see Kevin when he's rolling a cigarette, uh-huh. and he looks up at at, at uh, Catherine Hahn's character, and. When they were, when they were shooting it, because that was in Marfa, and they were shooting it around the video village. You could hear all the people when Kevin's eyes looked up to the camera. Everybody went, "Ooh!" Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this so collective good. moan around oh video village. Yeah. Oh, that's so fun! Oh, and, and we happened the same thing for me. You know, so it, it, there's just a few us, few of us in the cast. You know, it's Catherine and me and Griffin and and uh, Brett's there too and Jill and 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 uh, the couple of uh, the people um, the the kids the students. I'm sorry, I don't know their names, mm-hmm. but and, anyway, so that red haired girl is so good. India, too. yes, in, she's okay. she's, she's gorgeous. Fantastic, yeah. So we're standing around in a circle, and Jill Jill likes to have people connect. You know, before we start the workday, so looking around, just yeah. just can make connection with. They just look each other in the eye, look each other in the eye, and I'm looking, I'm saying, hi, there you are, hi, nice to meet you, and oh my God, Kevin Bacon has the most gorgeous eyes I've ever seen. That is so crazy. I mean, I was stunned. It was like one of those things like, whoa. Wow, you know, yeah. You uh-huh. kind of get hit with it. You know? Well, and also, like, I've seen him out a lot in, in life, and he doesn't necessarily exude that, but right. he's just, he, he has that energy as an actor and he knows how to turns it on. turn it on yeah. because like I mean I get it but it's also like what I also love about it is like you wouldn't read this and think you know who's like the sexiest guy alive <sighs> Kevin, you're like he's a really good looking guy yeah. and he's and he's a great actor and he's always solid and but 
he's just a really good actor to make yeah. you do that. And that's sort of like almost like Clark Gable, Gone with the Wind, yes. looking at Scarlet moment where you're like, oh, wow, that is everything in a look. Oh, my God. Um, and, and to know that like you have to, that's what the show hinges on. Mm-hmm. But it was a, it's a show, too, that I have to say that like I enjoyed the second episode even more than the pilot. And I feel like it's going to keep going that way but it's as you're watching it you're not really sure what you're watching until yes. you think about it afterwards because I was wonderful. going going I really liked it what is it and then the next day I was like oh no I loved it <laughs> yeah. and then well, I, I can't think wait. the more you think about it you're like wait. oh gosh that's what this is about oh that's so smart mm-hmm. like it really it is challenging in that way it's not it's not like a um, you know like oh it's so hard to follow it's very easy to follow but like but emotionally it's 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 it, it really rides a line of like oh, how boy. do i feel and what and i i'm sure it's only going to get crazier yeah. and yeah. you know it's funny like uh, uh, that the Catherine's character i think she's not all that likable at first and then as she's going into what she goes into i think i don't know if she is becomes any more likable, but you certainly sympathize with uh-huh. what she's going through. Oh, absolutely! And, and the torture that's going on in her head. You know? I think she does that really well. She and really every role she has, them. from like Afternoon Delight oh, to like even that stupid greatest. movie where she played just a best friend, and it was like fucking like thirteen going on thirty or some shit. <laughs> even in that, you're like, I just I wrote that the movie, things Tom. you did. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I but really keep fu- talking. You know what? I fucking hated it. <laughs> <laughs> um, even when she's doing those smaller roles, like a while ago before she's gotten so mm-hmm. so incredible like incredibly well known now mm-hmm. it, you just there was always a special quality about her where you love every character no matter how crazy or how unrelatable yeah. you're always just like I just really get that woman mm-hmm. I saw her the first thing I ever saw her in that I think I think where I know it was uh, Step Brothers oh yeah and she's Adam Scott's wife and she's so incredible and I was like who is that woman who is that uh. woman and then I saw her in Revolutionary Road you know, with a Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet movie, and oh my god, and she's, who was she in that? She's the friend. She's the she's married to. It's the other the couple across the way. Who's the other? I don't. Oh my god, I'm terrible. I Wasn't Michael? Who. Was Michael Shannon in that? He is in it. And he's amazing, but it's not Michael Shannon. It's it's someone else. Oh my god, like, I forgot. But another couple across the way. I forgot that they were there and that she was in that movie. Yeah, and she's so great in it, and and she just like melts into everything she does. Yes. And then, you know, but but in transparency, that same thing with that character. You go back and forth with the, with her. You're like, I love her. Oh, she's such a stick in the mud. Yeah. Oh, I love that she's cussing now. Oh, she's going through a lot. Oh, the tension. She just is. She is very. She's really unpredictable and. Yeah, and you don't always like love her, and you know yeah. the character she plays, and she's not right. afraid of that. And that's yes. always to me. I love someone who's like willing to be ugly uh-huh. you know, <laughs> emotionally. You well, know? this, this, I think this is the best thing. Uh, certainly the best thing I've ever seen her, and I haven't wow. seen a lot of her stuff. But it, it when you see the whole, uh, especially the whole run of the show, if you binge like uh-huh. I did, but. She's just fantastic at this. I'm sure oh, she's going to get nominated for an Emmy. I, I, I sure hope no so. Doubt. Yeah. yeah, that's so great. Because yeah. even in Transparent, I thought that was the best work she'd ever done. Even no, yeah. it was like because yeah. she was yeah. just on the side. Really, mm-hmm. she yeah. wasn't like a main character mm-hmm. in the beginning of it. She was just like, oh, the rabbi here, mm-hmm. and then she got bigger and bigger in this last season. She just like that journey she went on. I was mm-hmm. like, yeah. I get it, girl. Yeah. But yes. also, like, calm down. Right. But also, I get it. Right. All of it, and you know. It's, ugh. But I thought it was a great expression, actually, for um, 
the audience as a frustration with Josh and what he's going through and what he's doing. And she's on trying transparent. to. Uh, on, yeah, on yeah. transparent. Uh, trying to understand the, the stuff that she goes through is the stuff that I feel myself going through with that character sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's why. Well, and that's show. I, I, oh, God, I feel like that with so many of those characters. I'm like, I've been that. <laughs> I've hated that. Yep. Mm-hmm. I want to be that all at once. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm experiencing all of this way too loudly right now. It's uh, just, oh, it's delicious. Yeah. It's so great. Oh, television. Thank television. So Speaking of good. television, have you seen The Handmaid's Tale yet? Did no, you watch it? Yeah, See, I, I don't have the Hulu. Oh. I thought about doing Can I the tell Hulu you, just you for should, that. Because it's just six or seven dollars a month. It's actually very inexpensive. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tom's last name is Hulu. Well, my <laughs> la- no, excuse me. My last name is Rich. Okay. Oh. Six or seven dollars. Hey. So excuse you. Excuse <laughs> you. Um, Hulu, uh, Handmaid's Tale. Fucking I know. I can't bring myself to watch it, and I it, know it's, it's going to be for great. For me, but... I'm like I'm a bin- I'm, I'm binging that show like yeah. crazy because yeah. I'm just like yeah. But my uh, my boyfriend, he's like I can't. He he watched one episode. He's like I can't. I have to take a break. I have to be yeah. in the mood to watch yeah. this. Yeah, I know. I have another I friend. Feel like the same way because I'm sure it's impeccable, but it's mm-hmm. just it looks it is heavy and terrifying. a little too close to home. I know. Yeah, oh, Bre- Brett has the book too. She, my, my wife has the book. Uh, uh, Margaret Atwood's book. Uh-huh. She's like, oh yeah, it's about time they did this. You know, right? And, and but now that it is happening at this time, uh, is just a little, a little yeah. scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the, you know, but thank God it's it's mm-hmm. happening and the people. Oh, yeah. I mean, as scary as it is, it's like people need to know that yeah. this is, uh, oh, yeah, this could, this can a real easily be a real thing. I'm going to do the free month and then binge. Yeah. Wait yeah. until then. It's only on episode five. I think there's 10 episodes. So oh, wait okay. a few more weeks. Oh, it, right. They were dribbling it out. Yeah. They dribble it out. Like, it's a, like did they, one, they do one a week? Yeah, they did. There was, there was two available, I think. And then. And is now one a week, and they're okay. up to episode five. So two by, the time this, by the time this goes up, the whole season might be because it's only oh, a couple weeks. Okay. Now. So, do you think? I think. What do you think about that paradigm? Because I thought that was interesting. Now, you know, because the whole thing has been like, here's your whole season. Here you go, kids. Mm-hmm. But now Hulu's doing this thing. Oh well, let's let's dribble it out like we did in the old days, just like at a week at a time, and see if that works on a streaming uh, system as well as uh, the network stuff. I think. There were just their guinea pigs, really. Yeah, well, there you <laughs> go. And they're just like, you right. know what? We're just going to try this now and take all the data and find out what actually works yeah. better and what gives us the most money. Yeah. Well, and then yeah. that's what everyone's going to start adapting because we're still, right. I think, with a lot of these streaming services, I think we're still kind of yeah. Not I go back and uncertain. forth on it. I always I like having it all in front of me when I can watch it whenever I want to, but mm-hmm. it also is overwhelming. Yes. Oh, yeah. And with Netflix having so many things constantly and you're like getting new shows and like May is like a huge month where all these things oh, are dropping right, and right, right. You know, you do wonder if things get lost if they're not immediately being talked about. Like, you know, I mean Handmaid's yeah. Tale is everyone's talking about it right now and it's obviously doing very well. But then there might be some other great show that like it is needs to be more of a sleeper or or mm-hmm. You know, does need to string people on a little bit more where you're like, oh, we all want to be talking about the same episode right, for a while right. before we can get to the next one. So I every, think you know. they should have done that with that girl boss show because I watched like two or three episodes of it and I hated the ever living shit out of it. And I think I would have probably been able to digest it better uh-huh. if it was one at a time because talk about an 
unlikable main character and <laughs> a female. I think we spoke about. I haven't, this very I haven't watched yeah. it. I haven't watched it. I can't. But but I do know that that's sort of the that's sort of the new thing is having a, a, an antihero, which I right. love. Yeah, I love it, and I'm way more interested in that than like a perfect person that are leading through. But you really got to know what you're doing, and you really got to know, and you have to you do run the risk of making someone who's just completely. Garbage. Garbage. Well, that's horrible. the thing. If they're a horrible person, but they're going, well, that's like Catherine character on the thing. She's not necessarily likable, but you get what she's going Absolutely. through and you sympathize for what. Right. So if you don't have that story, if you don't have that that, that uh, journey that that character takes, then, oh, yeah, of course, we've seen hateful, hateful characters just for the sake of being hateful. And yeah, right. who wants to deal with right. that? Yeah, I know. I, yeah, and there's certain things. I mean, you know, I always go back to like, I love young adult Charlie's there, and and I'm like, that oh, character is fascinating. Yeah, and she's a horrible person, horrible person, and learns the wrong lesson. At the end of the movie, mm. she learns the complete wrong lesson, and she thinks she's really evolved and grown. Mm. And you're like, oh fuck, <laughs> this woman needs to be, you know. No. But there's so much context around it, and there's so many other people around her that are that are so likable and functional. Yeah. That and you see Patton with really her parents bees that it really creates that yeah that energy yeah. of like it's, oh you're gonna make us like her more because of this relationship right, right exactly and 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 understand her when you meet her parents and you're like oh. She's been kind of given too much attention. She was made too popular in school. She's really kind of not about anything. She knows that in her heart that she doesn't have a lot to get, you know, and all that stuff. But she still feels entitled because she's popular. She was popular. And, you know, she looks down on these people in the small town who are really great, smart and happy, Mm -hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, it's, you know. Anyway, oh, look at us, just look like dissecting, just dissecting stories, television, yeah. the drug you know, of the nation, <laughs> just really being, you know, uh, philosophers oh, and yeah. research well, here you go. I'll, I'll, let's philosophize more about TV. One thing that I, why I'm still, I'm old and still connected to the cable box, you know, because I think that once you pull that cord and you just start getting the things in, you become disconnected from the local channels, from the lo- uh, local access channels, from the weird sports channels from around uh-huh. the world. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, it does, I think, do one more step in separating you from having to interact with ideas and people and, and culture that you don't wouldn't necessarily if you get to choose exactly what you want when you want it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting that we we create and we do that on Facebook, you know, the the yeah. bubbles that we get in and mm-hmm. it's like all all you just are with people that think the same way you do. Um, and it is it is crazy. We were actually just talking about this. Um, we recorded two episodes today, you guys. <laughs> Get so, out! Ooh. Yeah. So we just last week said so we were talking about this in last last week's episode, quote unquote, the one we just did a few hours ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know about community, about like just actually not going out, just the importance of going outside and meeting your neighbors <laughs> yes. and talking mm-hmm. to people around you and seeing other things. And you know, um, I really enjoy. Um, I I don't have a TV, so I'm and it's just mm. from. There's no real reason for it. I'm not proud of that fact. I'm not embarrassed by that fact. There's no other than like I watch a lot of stuff on my laptop. Hmm. I'm rarely at home. 
I don't think I would know how to work a smart TV. There's also that. I don't think I would know how to turn it on um, because when I've been in like, you know, hotels and, and Airbnbs, I'm like, I don't know how the TV works. I'm just going to, you know, stare at art in the house. Why did they do that? Why did they make those remotes and shit so complicated? I don't know. It doesn't matter when we know. were younger or even now, because when I was younger, it still was just as involved. Like you have to press auxiliary, press one. No, and to, it's like, and like they, that's why the do they do that? Step. A real smart TV needs to be smart and know that. Because what they figured out with computers is that computers are so easy to figure out. Phones are so easy. That's what with iPhone and people like, I don't know how to, I'm like, you think you don't know, but I handed my iPhone to my 87 year old grandmother last year and she swiped. She looked at it and swiped. Somehow she knew, oh, I do this. Yeah, and you, and, you hmm. and it was like th- that's the genius. That's really that uh, is that's the why genius. It's really smart because mm-hmm. they know, like anybody can pick this up. A kid can pick it up. And, but TVs are are nowhere <laughs> near there, and they no. and they're just. And I look at them and I'm like, I just it just seems really complicated, <laughs> and I don't know that I would get much out of it. But I was gonna just gonna say that on the I'm a weirdo. I like to go to the movies and I go and I mm. seek out like weird stuff that I can go and see. And I'm a big believer in going out and you know and seeing that stuff. But I also love a film festival. To your point, Pat, but because I love when I have a free pass at a film festival, I go see everything. When there's yeah. a space, I'm at 11 a.m. Some you know a, a documentary about. You know, um, you know, That's women cool. in Chernobyl that are, you know, that you know, the babushkas of Chernobyl, which is actually amazing. <laughs> it's an amazing documentary, and I think it is called the babushkas, the babushkas. of Chernobyl. They're, that is such a wonderful word about these women who have lived there, lived there. and they they had to sneak back on because it's illegal because it's nuclear, yeah, it's and they're true. they're radioactive as shit. These women, these women buzz. Are... They make crazy buzzing noises because they're they're though they're just in the middle of a and they're they're in their eighties and they live off of berries and oh they get drunk God. on beet wine. That they no, make, no, and they're amazing. No, no. Oh my god, it's they should test them. It's it's like a, what's her name, Henrietta. Uh, oh, Lacks. Henrietta Lacks. Oh, right, or, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. To test them for what's keeping you alive all these years well, around that radiation. Because they're, they're, they, they were saying they say in this documentary, like if you and I went there, we would be dead in no time because mm-hmm. that we couldn't handle it. But they have built up an immunity to it. It's where they're from. It's wow. there, and they many of the women who are who were uh, moved to um, Ukraine. Uh-huh. Um, after that, we had horrible because can- they had to move to a city, and they had to just and and it was a horrible mm-hmm. health problems for a lot of the, a lot of the people. And it's just fascinating because a lot of the men are dead. It's all women that are there, <laughs> and they and they, it's it's nuts. And they're and they live in this crazy radioactive site, but it's beautiful. And there's no other people there. And right. they they travel across. They'll take a day trip to go see each other. And then yeah, they just get drunk on wine that they've made, and they play games and they sing together. And you're like, this is. Anyway, I would mm-hmm. never go and see that. Like, if I was scrolling no, through right. on Mm-mm. Netflix and I was like, the babushkas of Chernobyl, no thanks, no. I'll skip. Yeah. And, uh, <coughs> excuse he's me, dying. I'm, I'm dying, I'm he's dying. Di- he's got the radiation. I've got it in me. Oh, not long. Um, but I'm just saying I learn, you know, when I when I do go and see things that I wouldn't normally see, like, I'm like, it's, it's nice. It feels like, oh, I learned something. About a, a world and, a, you know, so I, I definitely recommend people have some variety and not just think, mm. oh, would I like this? Would I be into this? Yeah. The thing, too, is you have all this at your fingertips. You can always turn it off if it's not good. That's you don't true. like yeah. it. But I don't know. Well, turn there's also on. something very fun about um, scrolling through channels now because you don't really do that as much anymore. So, right. like, when yeah. I'm home and I'm just scrolling, I'm like, oh, this movie's on. all oh, this Because, like, when would you watch... 
Like a fish called Wanda, really. Just uh, like you should watch it always. You yeah, look it up. Movie. Yeah, you know, and there's just like random movies that like the Hallmark Channel is playing, or like Lifetime Four. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I know. What are these? <laughs> or, or, or old episodes of The Big Valley or something on. Yeah, on yeah I know. I know. It's just like this. Just the amount of. Yeah. I was looking that we were. At a, I was at a, a bar yesterday in the middle of the day because I'm doing what? very well. I'm doing very oh, well. Congratulations! And they were playing a Joan Crawford movie. And we were trying to figure out what it was, and it was we figured out it was Lost Cargo from 1940 <gasps> with her and Clark Gable. Yeah, I know but, from Lost Cargo. But we were like, this is crazy. And I was just looking up Joan Crawford film titles in, <laughs> on IMDb. Yeah. She's done so many movies that have the craziest titles that you're like, that's not a real movie. Right. There is one that I have seen, and I love it, and it's absolutely crazy, but it's called Female on the Beach. Uh-huh. And you're like, that's not, that's a, that's what they called it. Female, <laughs> female on the beach. Hello, boys. <laughs> what you looking at? <laughs> what am I, the, the only female on the beach? It sounds like it'd be a lot more fun than it is. It's actually very drab and depressing. And she plays like a really sad alcoholic woman. And so some it's just hot, autobiography. autobiography. <laughs> she basically just Hey, Johnny, up. who's that lady? Well, that's the female. That's the female. On the, beach. <laughs> the female. But on the not beach. even lady on the beach or woman. No, woman on the sand. Female. Woman on the Fe- sand. I mean, woman on the sand. Doesn't that sound more like a oh, much yeah. more romantic? Yeah. But like female on the beach, like that'll count. She's got so many though, so many titles. If you go on IMDb and look at Joan Crawford movies, you're like, this was a movie. <laughs> Well, did she this, do the frogs? Is the frogs one or something like that? Like she a did trog. 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 That's her last song. Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 That's right. But she's, you know, but it's just crazy to think like there is so much out there. There's so many movies. Mm-hmm. There's so many TV shows. Like there's just, we've been, I mean, think about in another hundred years, all the oh, God. crap we're going to have. And I wonder what will shine through like in this era in the early right? 2000s to now what out of these few years is actually gonna be seen in 50 or so years <laughs> what well, are they gonna so show on Turner Movie Classics in 50 years from now from well, this, oh you know. well that's up. the thing we're, <laughs> well, yeah maybe I mean that was you know it's it's crazy though like the, the longer we go like everything is splintered off and people aren't watching things and if a million people watch something, that's huge now, where it used yeah, to be like a huge right. failure. Only a million people saw it. That's a right. dumb bomb. And now, like, it's just because everyone is, and kids are all listening to different music and then watching different shows. No one, no one's into the same, you know, we're growing up, no matter what, you know, you watch the same shows on TV. Yeah. Thursday nights at eight was the Cosby show. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That's what you watched. You know, like, it wasn't like there was any, everybody knew what you're referencing, you know. And then the next day, that's what everyone would talk about. Right. Exactly. Right. That's all that was around yeah. for you to kind of consume. Yeah. Oh, life. Anyway, I want to talk to you guys personally. Oh, so, oh yeah. Oh, what did I do? What? Yeah, it's a lot. Personally. Tom, I'm going to talk to you, but okay. Pat can be here and listen because oh, I'm okay. sure he has some notes okay. as well. Oh, um, oh, I love notes. No, <laughs> I just want to um, hear from you guys. Like, who wants to, who wants to go first? Do you have a, a, a story or a opinion or a, a revelation? Or Go ahead, Pat. Take oh, it away. Take revelations. Us away. Yeah. No, I'm boring in real life, so... Not no. boring in real life. I, you Not know what? I, I actually ha- had a thought, and I because I wondered what you had thought about this. Uh, one of the lessons I've had to learn coming here into Hollywood is uh, that um, b- comedians are afraid of acting, and acting actors are afraid of comedy. Oh, yeah. Do you know that paradigm yes, that I'm absolutely. talking about? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, because comedians think, oh, it's all about emotions, and the last thing that comedians want to do is express themselves emotionally. Right. And, yeah. and then actors think they know what's funny, so they you know, they be uh-huh. funny. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. 
Uh, yeah. I've, I mean, I feel like the three of us straddle that line and are, I mean, I feel a tension between both sides of me because I think I have both side. I think all three of us actually have both of that in us. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you guys, we were all just in a play together. I mean, everyone listens to the show. I'm like, when is he going to stop bringing on his Die Mommy Die cast? <laughs> this officially, this officially, <laughs> this, this, round it out. this is the round. I've had out. a lot of, I've had this a lot of Die Mommy Die kids on the, on the, no, I don't want to say officially. There are quite a few people. I'd well, love there to bring are, on there, there are 20 people in the cast. 20 people in the cast, and yeah. you'll hear more stories about this yeah. play that, that you didn't see unless you were in LA in, you know, March of. But I hear it's going to New York. Is that right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> isn't it always, isn't everything? Every play um, goes to. New York. Well, when it's Everyone? a play, it goes to New York. It's yes. Yeah. No, but I just think I I do I think that's that is it's such an interesting um conundrum because forever, I mean, for me in college, I was an actor right. and I wanted to act and I, there was a comedy troupe um that I didn't get that I, full disclosure, <laughs> I didn't get cast in the comedy troupe. So I would have been in the comedy troupe had they put me in. Right. But freshman Where year, are they now? Okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> Where are they? They now? are they are all in gutters. They are all losing. Good. good. They're all good. Fat. They're doing shows That's, from themselves. Uh-huh. They're uh-huh. oh, they're sobbing. All of them. All of them. Everywhere. Um, <laughs> um, but you were not. Yeah, but, but I was. But but I was. You know. And and I remember taking a, you know a lot of acting classes in college and stuff, and I would get laughed at because mm. I was too over the top, and I was the more I tried to act, and I hated. The funny part of me, because I never thought that was legit. And uh. I was like, I don't want, I'm, I, I know I make people laugh and whatever, but I want to be treated seriously as an actor. Yeah. You know, and and that's where everything came from. And then I realized like, oh, in order to be good at comedy, you've got to play it like it's absolutely real and it's all happening exactly. for you. There you go. So I was like, oh, that's actually what can make me, you know, funny mm-hmm. is I have to just believe everything I'm saying and mean it. And I have that you know, weird comedy spin on it or whatever that is. But I also think like, you know, when you work with people who are just considered, who consider themselves comedians, Mm -hmm. they don't respect actors and they don't, or they don't think, or, or they're, or like you said, they're scared of it. A little scared of it. And I think it's, I think it's fear on both sides where it's like, um, you know, people who, uh, you know, yeah, the hardest thing is to try to compete with comedy and going, oh, I know what's funny. I right. can do this. And it's a thing where it's like, no, there's actually like something to learn from it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think anybody can learn how to, I would say this, anybody can learn how to improvise. And I do believe that. And I, anybody can learn how to act. Um, funny is a weirder thing to sort of sort of navigate because it's different for everybody. And it's subjective. I mean, there are working comedians that I don't think are funny at all. Yeah. And the world yeah. would disagree with me. You know I mean? They well, have huge careers and I'm like, they don't make me laugh. And there are people in the theater doing musical comedies that I think are boring and tedious as hell. I but agree. But they thrill millions across the country. Absolutely. You know? And, you know, and I and I do think it's, it's you know, it's, it's hard in like when working in the sketch comedy improv World and a lot of musical theater people come in and it's like what they do well. It's like oh my god, they take the stage, they perform the hell out of it. Right. They know how you hand them a script that they can deliver. They're hilarious, but sometimes they don't always. 
come in with the most original characters because they do stock because right, they're used yeah. to doing stock mm. and it's not their fault it's just what they're used to doing and they go yeah. oh a rich man uh, right. walks uh, in the room right, right, counting right. his coins and looking, adjusting his monocle look at me, the other thing you know, sometimes musical theater actors too the problem with them is they get very stiff it's like oh I'm going to do it this way we've rehearsed it this way and I will always do it this yes, way yes. so they uh, it's very hard and, for them sometimes to do any sort of kind the, of the, improvised a prisoner of their training yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes. it's like they, they've learned how to do this thing really well and, it, and, it, and it, it protects them and it makes them able to do it eight times a week because oh, yeah. they know how to show up and do boom like robots I'm going to do this thing but in the world of you know when we're trying to you know with the, the groundlings were always like you need to show who you are who right. what is your and you got to be messy you've got to you've got to you know um, dare to go up I mean I, we, I just saw a, a show with the groundlings and this woman was playing this drunk at a bar and she had a line and she she flubbed it so badly but just owned it and just and just kind of said fuck it and continued to drink and it was the highlight of the show <laughs> right, because right. I was like that's exactly what that woman would do right she has she was supposed to say some really interesting point but she just got so messed up in the middle of it and she yeah. just started drinking and it was like yeah and yeah. that's the stuff that we love that's yes. a happy accident in the comedy world. We go, yes, that. But in musical, but in theater, they might go, oh, you went up on your line. You're, you don't oh, improvise you so beat, much. You let's, beat let's yourself. That, yeah. Even yeah. even like legit theater actors too. Like some some legit theater actors are not as like once the show is set, they're like, I'm set. Right, this right. is happening. Right, and they it's not as like flexible. And we uh, and we had to go through that in our play because we were in we were sort of in in both worlds in the play that we were oh, in. Yeah. It was oh like, yeah. We had to be alive, and we were so campy, and we were so big. And every my, the greatest compliment I got from the show was how all of us were so big and so committed in the world that we were mm-hmm. in. Like, yeah. a lot of people were like, "Everybody is so in this crazy world." But we were in a tiny theater, tiny, screaming, camping <laughs> up at each other, screaming at each other. My so, voice is finally recovered. I know, I know. That many times during the week, I'm like, I can't have oh, lunch do, today. I'm sorry. Do I'm, people know the name of the show? It was Die, Mommy, Die. <laughs> oh yeah, it was a show Drew did here. Soon in to be Los seen Angeles. in New York very, City. Very, very impressive. A piece of theater, <laughs> the ephemeral theater that mm. no one will get. Al- now, along them lines. This is what this is what I've I've found too because my train my training was kind of similar in that I I went to graduate school for Shakespeare you know and I did the summer stock Shakespeare stuff in fact I'm going this summer to do some Shakespeare I love that you do oh, that where uh, in Wyoming Jackson how fun Wyoming, yeah. how fun is that yeah, you're in Jackson Hole yeah Jackson Hole is beautiful what I just Jackson said. Hole yeah, you're in Jackson, Jackson Hole. Hole he was wasn't he in Hawaii five zero back in seven <laughs> I think um, so uh, no uh, 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 but yes the Shakespeare oh yes after I got done with graduate school I moved to Chicago and uh, uh, was one of the founders of the Annoyance Theater, which is so anti any kind of structure. Mixed thing was get up there and do something. No, that's boring. Do something, you know. And I that's, love it. And that's that was the so that I went from the training of the do the words right and that's just as they're written to do whatever the hell you want. Get up there and dance, monkey boy. Yeah. But that and that that. And, and it the what do I want to say the merging of both of those things is a great thing that I wish both schools could learn from each other absolutely yeah and because if you don't have any structure and you're just starting from a place of chaos or mm-hmm. just like whatever that is so that's impossible to maintain and working with people like that who are pure instinct mm-hmm. who are not um you know there are definitely people I'm like you know I've said uh, there's certain people I'm like you're pure talent but you have zero training and zero trust. 
Yes. You know, and it's Trust, like, that's yeah. very hard because, the because you know, and then it's like you've got to be able to balance all that. And that's why it's really tricky to do. But it's like, yes, I totally agree that you have to have some guidelines. And it is something that when we teach improv, like there's so many rules in improv because you have to learn them. And then eventually you get up on stage and you break them. Yeah, right. you know? And yeah, then there are always right. students that come to improv shows and they go, wow, you guys broke a lot of rules. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, because we know, we know the rules. The rules are, yeah. And we yes. know how to, we, and we know how to, you know, and it's boring for us just to play the rules. Yeah. You don't want to spend money and go watch people just play by the rules. That's not interesting. That's ever. I did that in Morro Bay just a couple of weeks ago. Oh, played by the rules? Yeah. We went to this, <laughs> we, you know, we were traveling up to San Francisco for uh-huh. a spring break to kids. They'd never been. We went to the Tonga room on your recommendation yes. so we, we stopped on Morro Bay on the way and we were eating at this place at this uh, you know in the in, by the deck and uh, some some kids came down kids uh, you know some actually they weren't that young they were there were some 30s and 40s and said hey just want to let you know at seven o'clock we're doing a little improv upstairs so if you want to stop oh my <laughs> yeah, yeah, god yes. you i didn't know this at all oh my <laughs> god so, <laughs> yes. so did so, you join them what was the name of their group what was the name of their group i don't know i you think just, it was, you just watched it you oh yeah we watched because we you know i had the kids with me and i i didn't want to you know dance and oh I, I i i was going i said if they come near me i will mop the floor with them <laughs> uh, acting wise this is joke, joke wise but anyway uh, yeah so but it was Okay, we're going to. Uh, this is our group, and we meet on Wednesday nights. We're going to do oh. this first game is called Radio Play, and they would do improv games oh. for the for the wow. for the audience. How many and people so, were in the audience? Oh, how big you was know, the space? you know, I, uh, it was like the top room of this restaurant, so okay. big enough to hold fifty people. Okay. Maybe twenty were there, uh-huh. which I thought was a quite a few, quite a big number yeah. actually for a, for a Wednesday night. I, I there. love that so much. <laughs> I love the thing. I want that. to go around. The nation just finding that <laughs> finding uh. those people, I know, and it was also that oh, that's just such that you know, you kind of broke your heart in a way. And Brett and I are just sitting there, you know, just kind of rolling, trying not to laugh too hard at them. Is right. that is the tepid applause after the the the, <laughs> the 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 game that the teacher has to lead? You know, oh yeah, yeah, okay, that was that's how we solved that problem. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Well, um, I was just talking about this to a group of friends the other day about uh, this place in Westwood, this bar that was called the Westwood Brewing Company. It's not there anymore, but it was upstairs of this bar. And we used to go do improv there every Monday night. Every Monday night, I would oh go God. from Los Feliz, which is East Hollywood, everybody. It's in about, it's a little over an hour mm-hmm. to get down to Westwood. And yeah, do, Westwood is a bitch. And it's, you know, and go all the way across and do Monday nights. We would do improv at like... 8.30 or something and people after they finished their steak they could wander upstairs <laughs> and if we had 20 people we were we were doing oh, great yeah, yeah yeah you know and there was there was one time that like our, our friend Anna was in the show with us and her grandparents who were from um, oh my god they are from uh, somewhere in Eastern Europe they were the only people in the audience <laughs> what and so they were the only audience did they audience. understand what you were t- and so we were like we need a we need a celebrity can you give us the name of a celebrity and I remember uh, Anna's Michael Smeknorsnik no he goes the, her grandfather goes George C. Scott. Oh, <laughs> like, okay, great. We're going to do George C. Scott comedy for the next five minutes. We're all 24, and we don't. We're, I'm like, I think he was in Patton. He was in Patton. Oh, but anyway, we were like, oh my God, I don't know how we're going to do this game. But that was what we did, you know. And I, I, I think, about, and, and then we were talking about how many people who went on. I mean, so many, but we're like, wasn't so and so and so and so? Like, so many big. 
yeah. people in comedy now, but we all did it. And it's like just yeah. that thing you kind of go through. And to your point, I'm like, you got to get up there and do it, you yeah. know, in order to if you ever do it and be willing to just be like real rough for a while yeah. or do those class shows and do those classes. Exactly. And, and hopefully that you get like, oh, that was disastrous. And oh, my God, this whole evening is an embarrassment. And I look out into the audience's faces and I see their pain. And, and <laughs> I, I hope instead of thinking, yeah, nailed it, man. Yeah. yeah. Did it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But you just, I mean, it's that, it's its so weird what we do and like <laughs> the fact that we're just like, okay, we're going to play for you now yeah. and just do this. It is kind of weird. And, and like when you really think about someone going to watch uh, an improv show or a theater or a musical or something and it's just like these people congregating in a room, sitting in a chair, staring at you for yeah, an hour know. or and two hours improv, and just like judging like, you. With improv, you're like, we're going to show up. We have no idea what we're going to do and you're yes. going to pay money to watch us figure it out in front of you. Uh huh. And so it just, it, 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 it provides so much terror for the audience because they're just like, <laughs> what am I in store for? And you're like, don't mess with me. Don't talk to don't me. Don't try to bring me, me up there. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and then there's also like when you have gone through it and you're on the other side of it, the last thing you want to watch is a bunch of like you're games right. of course, or a bunch of stuff that you're like, I had to do this in class. I've had to watch, you know, and it's it's and I get how some of them are like audience friendly stuff, but you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Because well, I'm such an elitist about improv. If I want to watch an improv show, I'm like, <laughs> I, I just want to see people do scenes. Exactly. I don't want to see them do games. That's what we thought we were going to go. But it was all games. All every, yeah. every game. And that's that a lot of where yeah. it is. And it's like, you know, and then there's just bad This game is and, called Freeze Tag. Oh. Uh, never. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Oh, that's the worst. And then you're just like, you know. Yeah. Um, all valuable games, all good learning tools. Yep. But I don't want to go. But pay don't make anybody pay to watch. I don't want to sit in Morro Bay but and I, pay but, five bucks but on top anyway, of a restaurant. That you did it. To go back to your original um, statement, Pat, which yeah. I think is so great, is that, you know, isn't it interesting? I mean, you know the Joan Rivers documentary. Mm hmm. When she, you've both seen that, yes? I don't, I'm pretty sure I did, but it. Shame on you. I mean, oh. Very, very telling. I know, I'm very, I no, know, no. very telling. She, she, <laughs> the, how telling. That's yeah, very telling that's, yep. you haven't seen it. <laughs> no, but here. she has this moment where she gets, she really melts down because somebody critiqued her as an actress. And she goes, you can say anything about me. You can say I'm unfunny. I'm ugly. I'm mm. old. I, I don't matter. But don't insult me as an actress. And you're like, Joan Rivers? Like, Come when on. were you an actress? But uh, She was in The Muppet. The Muppet. I know. Exactly. She at was the, in a TV movie playing herself. Good yeah, point. With her uh-huh. daughter also playing Good herself. Good point. But you're like, Joan Rivers was amazing and a legend. But I would actress was not no. would not be the word I would use. Not and not that I ever thought she was a bad actress. I just never thought she was ever not Joan Rivers. Yeah. But it isn't it funny how like that's the thing. And part of me totally understands that when mm-hmm. I'm just like, you can say I'm not funny. You can say I'm boring. But if you're like, he's a bad actor, it just yeah, it hits on some weird yeah. primal thing where I'm like, <clears throat> I, 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 you know, it's like. You don't ever, you know, consider that, but yeah, it, it's 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 tricky. The thing, yeah, that the merging of the two, the finding the path that gets you there, that that I think is a is a very valuable path to take as a performer, entertainer, actor. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, 
the person that makes me think the most about this is Bill Murray, uh-huh. because Bill Murray started off at Second City, and he did the National Lampoon Radio Hour, and he bip de bip and did stage Saturday Night Live, and did these goofy comedy movies that were basically Bill Murray being that Bill that we love. And then, he look what he's grown into right. as an actor. Right. Oh, as yeah. A, he's stunning. Yeah, yeah Oscar-nominated actor yeah. in uh, 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 Rushmore or uh, the Lost, uh, in Lost in Translation. Yeah. As an actor, just a guy holding yeah. a character the depth of the character, not just the uh, goofy Bill Murray that right. we all love. Yeah, but don't you think at a certain point you get you you grow out of that goof and like you get tired of it? Like, I mean, I, like, well, Rip, I, Rip Taylor kind of uh, finally got tired of uh, his, <laughs> as did all of us of him. Um, oh my God, we should have Sam come on here and tell Sam Pancake tell his crazy Rip Taylor story. Um, Anyway, but they Google Sam. It. It's online somewhere. You can Google find it. it. Google, Google, Google it. Pancake, you'll find it Rip yourself. Taylor, you'll find it. Rip Taylor, find it yourself as a sidebar. Um, no, I just think for me, like, and I mean, I I would I love improv, and I I will I feel like I'll do it forever because I'm just a total nerd about it. I'm mm-hmm. a total geek about that. But sketch comedy, I'm I, I'm kind of done. Like, and I, mm-hmm. at a certain point, you get where you're like, I don't know how many more wigs and and wacky <laughs> catchphrases and. You know, you get to a point where you're like, it's great when you're in your 20s and you and yeah. you do it or your 30s. I don't, I don't even want to put an age on it because like, it's not even about that. Because there's some people that find it later in life and they love it. But yeah. you, you kind of cycle through it. I I, I did. And, and I yeah. think a lot of people kind of feel that. And you're like, you prove, you know, and once you've been on Saturday Night Live for that right. long and you become a legend for that. And, you, and then you get these big movies where you're the lead and and it's all around how goofy you are. Don't you want to be like, I mean, Will Ferrell has done it with like that great movie where it's not called Something's Gotta Give, but it's about all his law. It's a, he was the alcoholic and he's like living on his lawn. He's amazing in this movie. And um, it's it has a it, uh, I don't know, whatever the name of it is eludes me. I look I up remember. nothing in here. We, we're in debt. Anyway, um, but, you know, like I think at a certain point you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And yeah. I want to say something. I, w- I want to make a point. And- you know who was a good example of that, too, and uh, is Judith Light. I was just talking oh, to someone yes. yesterday about yeah. it. Yeah. Where she was like, I'm going to do this mom sitcom thing for a while. Yep. And then it was like, what happened to Judith Light? And then she did Wit on Broadway. And everyone right. was like, right. oh, okay, Judith Light. And then everyone was like, oh, oh excuse wait. me. Excuse me. And we now look at her. Wrong. Like exactly. everything she does, you're like, genius, genius, yeah. genius. Right. 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 And Bring also, it back to transparency. And as well. also, like <laughs> taking taking her time and not freaking out about how she's perceived, and not trying because it was yeah she was in that category of and I was talking this other day, the other day about like those so many of those women that were the sitcom moms in the eighties and they went on it to do the Lifetime movies. Yeah. But they also were really good actors. Like yeah. they all were yeah. trained actors. And like Ed O'Neill from Married with Children was a Shakespearean trained actor. And like right. you know, you know, you don't know what you're gonna get in the in the in the shuffle of things. And you're lucky when you get a job that runs forever. But like, or your right. friend like, or your friend Stephanie Courtney, who is the yes. pro- uh, progressive yes. lady, who when you see her do guest spots on other TV shows, you're like, this genius, you right? Oh, yeah. and she's yeah. one of the true, one of the best improvisers I've ever seen in my life. And, and she's just, you know, and the ever. world only knows her as that woman, right. doesn't know the depth of her, right? And abilities. they will, and they oh. will, From, they will, because Stephanie is also, you know, she's all about. She's even says like, I'm going to be the next Doris Roberts. Like she's like, I want to work. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And you're like, yeah, like, we have a life in doing this. And I think you get Mm -hmm, really wrapped mm -hmm. up in thinking, oh, you're either going to, quote unquote, make it at a certain point or, you know, and you're like, no, you, you, we all are like kind of stumbling and doing one thing to the next. And, you know, it is inspiring, though, to see someone change mm -hmm. perception. 
you know. I, well, I think there's a, it's two kind of people because there are a lot of people that are just kind of devoted to the thing and we're doing the jobs we can to get by in the business and because we love doing it, love whatever we're doing. And then there are people like, screw this, man. I can't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. I can't right. leave. I, I can't. So, you know, I, I think that there, some people th- come here fully expecting to be a star, mm-hmm. and they get slapped down, and they go, "Oh, geez, it's not what I thought." What right, it should be. right. And I'm s- still waiting. Uh, yeah. I'm still waiting. <laughs> it's yeah. gonna happen, Tom. Let still me tell waiting. you how it is. I'm still waiting. Uh, big star. Uh, no. Oh, thank <laughs> oh. That's what this this show's the show about? Is about. Being a star. I uh, thought well, so. I did a show that made fun of Judith Light, uh, actually, because of what her, you know, back when she was doing a uh, the sitcom. Who's the boss? Who's the boss? Yeah, the boss. Yeah. Who's the boss? Yeah. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, it's. But I also respect people that are like, "Fuck this," and I'm getting out of this. I respect that as well. But oh, that totally. takes a lot of courage. Absolutely. To be like, you know what? This isn't for me because it's not for everybody. And it has nothing to do with the talent. It's about there's that you've got to have this certain brand of mental illness yeah, exactly. that yes. we have that we go, okay, I'm just going to keep, you right. know, uh, you know, throwing quarters in the well. And, right. you know, eventually it's going to, you know, it's going you know. to happen. Yeah. Plus, plus is the thing, too. I've had friends of mine for Chicago were here 10, 15 years and they said, screw it, man. I'm going back to Chicago. Working awards, getting you know yeah. this job and that. They're, even their commercial life is picking up, uh, you know. So it can work. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of friends, especially as you stay here in LA longer and longer, that I have been in classes with or met through whatever. And you just see them be like, you know what, I'm done. And then they go in the. But they were some of the most talented people. Yeah, there's in a the lot class. of there's yeah. no correlation. And I was like, that. oh my god, right. you were That's you true. were like my favorite person yeah. to watch, yeah, yeah, yeah. and now and you're, you're gone. leaving. Yeah, <laughs> I say that a lot. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, oh my god. But oh, yeah. but follow your bliss, and if it is follow not making you happy yeah. and not feeding you, it's only gonna it's gonna kill you. And so like, Brett don't, did that. You know, my, my wife, Brett uh, Paisel, did that. She she stopped acting and started writing. I mean, it helped. It, you know, then Jill asked her if she wanted yeah, to do the show. Yeah, and she's a phenomenal yeah. actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, that, and that's what I'm saying. It kind of killed me. I said, "Honey, you're you're not stopping acting. We need people like you." Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, oh, uh, wow. and she's yeah. and she's fantastic on Transparent. But also, yeah, gotta, yeah. there's got to be some space too about because even. With me, like I've lately, I, I, I'm, I, I've gotten a writing job, you know, and I have, mm-hmm. I've been you know, sort of straddling and going different things. It's kind of nice to take the pressure off of just calling yourself an actor and waiting for yeah, every job right. to come in to go, yeah. oh, I'm also doing this and I'm Absolutely. also doing this. And, and actually the acting jobs come in a lot easier that way because you're not muscling it. You're not killing yourself to try to get the next thing. You're like, oh, it's just... It'll be what it is, and it I'll have an audition, and okay, cool, and if I get it, that'd be great. If not, I hope it goes to somebody great, and move on. Like, yeah. And if yeah. you don't make it like, that's what I'm doing. This is my bread and butter. I walk in the room going, I need this in order to pay my light bill. I wish it's people really knew that. Rough, I, I, it's really rough. I get a lot, you know, I get, well, you're one of those Hollywood people. Like, you're, you're out there in Hollywood, so you're, you've got that crazy lifestyle. It's like, no, man, really, I'm just a middle-class guy trying yeah. to raise two kids yeah, in, the, exactly. in, the, in the company town, it, yeah. working for the company in the company town, right, exactly. and there are more of us, I swear yeah. to God, there are there's yep. thousands of us, and only yep. just like a yep. couple of hundred of those big people you see on TV all the time. I know. All right, you know? Tom, I want to, um, we're, we're, we're clipping along. We're, cl- we're I want to hear your along. story. I want to hear um, from you, well, Tom. Well, I... I was I was like, do I come on here and rant about how I hate New York City or how I really I, hate RuPaul um, right I, now? I, no. I love it. I but, love it. Uh, I was Dear like, do you. I want to do that or do I want to tell a story wow. about a sweater? 
And um, I'm like, you know what? I, I I'll leave it up to Drew. I want to. I, I mean, I love all of those things. Can you? I might be able to hit all three. Hit all three. Number ready? one, New York. I just, I just. I got love back. you in New. I love you in New York, and I love how angry you are the, I get, when you're there. I, Who I wants to live in New York. No, no thanks. Who wants to live in the smoke? I'm telling you, I get off the plane and I'm ready to sock someone in the face <laughs> in every second. I mean, I grew up on Long Island. I was going to the city ever since I was a child. I spent a lot of fucking time there, yeah. and. I'm already kind of an angry human being, and I get off that plane. Oh, God, you're the most lovely person ever. <laughs> no, like, on the inside, I'm I pretty know, angry. I know, but it's <laughs> and, why, it's why I love On the outside, you might see I something else. Why. But I, what really just broke my the, the camel's back on the first day that I was there was for, the flight getting there was a fucking shit show because JFK only had one runway out of four that was working oh, the day what? I entered. Because they were doing construction. I was like, New York and your construction, you've been working on those roads since I was a child in the 80s. Like, <laughs> why are you still working on the fucking roads? Number oh one. my God, I love it. So I, we got there late and then I was going to get a bagel. And of course, New York City is still one of those places where everything is fucking cash only where you want to eat. And I'm like, yeah. when did you, why is this still happening? Yeah, I know. <laughs> You're a major metropolitan. You are a ma- You are the city. Get, yeah. to get it together. Yeah. So I go to the grocery store across the street from the bagel shop. And it's not just like, oh, Al's Grocer. You know, it's fucking food town. Which also, like, why are you calling your grocery stores food town? Uh-huh. Key foods. Like, come on. Food Emporium? I don't want to eat food there. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, so I... I get, I go inside. I'm like, I'm going to get this fucking kombucha and I'll get cash back. And the lady was like, you can't get cash back unless you spend $10. And I oh audibly God. said, I fucking hate this place. Uh, <laughs> did the lady think you meant New York? The, great thing, in, the nope. great thing about New York is they just, they go, uh-huh, me too. And then me you too. Move on. I move yeah. on. Yeah. So there's just like a lot of that. Yeah, it's a lot of that. Weekend. But I know because we, we were in there for almost a month do, do, doing bright colors and bold patterns and, and, um, when I was there, I get very beaten down by how real everyone is. <gasps> because I don't need. I, what does I, that mean? I love how fake people are here. Like when <laughs> I'm, when I don't, I don't mind when I take, a, you know, a, a Lyft or an Uber, and we have a casual conversation. But like, I don't, I don't need attitude. Like yes. cab drivers in New York have like major fucking attitude all the time and you're like you know what relax relax I'm paying you to take me from here to here we're not gonna be best you know I don't I don't need I like real friends I like real people in my life that are gonna tell me the truth obviously around me but in a, just an average interaction I don't need I don't like, need you to attitude all the time mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot coming at you and then I it, it sort of melted me down a little bit and it's like the wind is so punishing and it's free, you know, it's like in the winter, it's like mm. freezing and you're like, and you go somewhere and you walk into like a coffee shop and I'm like, I'm just naturally going to walk up and go, hi, how are you? And they just, they stare at you and they're like, what do you want? Yes. And you're just like. And also every time you go even just to order the coffee, they're like, okay, that's fine. They like are completely disinterested. I'm like, can you at least try to do a good job? And then you get yeah. your coffee or whatever and it's wrong. 90% of the time <laughs> I order something in New York and it's fucking wrong. <laughs> like do your fucking job. Be a city, New York. Ugh. I, love I mean, it. I love All you, right. but I hate you at the same time. I, I know. I mean, I, I love New York, and I love it. I've never lived there, though. And I, I always go and visit. I but I, I, I love oh, our soundtrack. I love this woman who joined us. I got to change the show. She's really great. She's, she's lovely. Really great. She's a little drunk, and she's definitely bleeding. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> we gotta figure okay, that out. So next topic. Next, next topic. topic is RuPaul. I'm what I'm uh, so fucking disappointed in this season's Drag Race. Yeah, and I think it has a lot to do with the fact that I'm afraid RuPaul has seen the light of money. And I think she's just making money decisions as opposed to when that show first started, it was like, what is this magic that's happening? And now all of the queens are thinking about the money that they're going to make. And they're just too aware of who they are. And I'm watching the show and I'm just like, you are you are just trying to create catchphrases. You're trying to be funny, but you're not. You're trying to create drama, but it's not really yeah, there. I, I, I and I'm would, seeing through it. I would blame the, just the, the culture on that more than RuPaul because I think it's definitely you have queens on there now who grew up watching RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, right. Is that just the and inevitability so of the It's inevitability of show. success. Uh, and when things yeah. get popular, they get ruined. I mean, people ruin everything, you know? And it's like a thing where it's like when once... Because, yeah, I mean... I, I, I watch it now every week because Michael Lucid and I do these recaps Which every week. Which are genius. And, and we sit there and we're just like, I'm dying for any of them to be more interesting. Yes. Oh. I want and, to like them. And they're just really basic and just... Very... It's like the high school version of Drag Queens they're this playing season, at, except they're, for they're, like two of them. They're, they're playing at the drama. They're yes. playing at the being a drag queen. Yes. It's not coming from any honest place of like, no. I have this in me and I have to get and this get, out. Yes. Instead, it's like, I'll get famous and I'll get and I'll get a, you know... And it also sucks for those drag queens who are who are so who, talented and who are, who so are amazing, that who haven't done the show who can't get booked on things because they were not on Drag Race and, and that's uh, something you that probably I think do have is, a good point. It's I mean if I was in RuPaul's position and I saw money in my eyes as well I'd be like I'm gonna snatch all that money yeah. and them trophies. Like, I, also I think, understand why she did it, but I'm like oh no that the thing that I love for so many years is starting to deteriorate a little bit, and I'm like no don't don't disappear just, the one thing. I think mm. it's a lot. I mean yeah because with because I, I feel like also like. I see it in RuPaul, you know, she just seems incredibly disappointed in who the talent that's yes! coming at her. And that's she looks like, so disappointed. Oh, wait, wait, I thought you were going to do better than this. Mm. So I kind of am like, I, and she's got to kind of like sassy with them and kind of been like, uh, I mean, she's kind of turned like Miranda Priestly with them. Yeah. Like, oh, groundbreaking. And I love it. I'm like, yeah, more of that. That's what I want to see more of. Because, you know, you know, it was like, yes, at the beginning, it was all about like, you know, holding up these people and, and making it, you know, lovely. But I just feel like it's like with anything, it's like with, it's it's very similar to Saturday Night Live. It's like, it's a show that like is a great launching pad for so many people. But once it becomes the thing, yeah. you know, Saturday Night Live started, it was like seven cast members and it was a show that was, that was like so experimental. They didn't know they were going to change the world and change the face of comedy. And they did in the biggest way. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, it's it's at that point. And I I think they season 10 needs to be a complete shakeup. Yeah, I, I agree. I think they need to do, I, I want them to bring on like legends who have never been on Drag Race, who are like legendary drag queens and put them all on there together. And Wouldn't be like, that be Let's fun? Let's learn about these. And I think something. that's why I loved when they did All Stars over the summer. It yeah. was it was my favorite out of all of them because yeah. they were just the, the realest of the queens. Yeah. And it sure. was just really unbelievable to to see that. And that's the kind of stuff where Rue looks like, oh, I'm enjoying myself because these women are impressing me. Because right. they are the realist of the, the queen. The, the realist of the queen. The realist. And then finally, your sweater story. My sweater story. So when I was a really young kid for Christmas, um, most children... Um, who were normal were like, I want a basketball or I want Legos or I want like, you know, I want this really cool, I don't know, sports game or mm-hmm. like Game Boy. And I said to my mother, I was like, I really, I really want a V-neck sweater. Oh, what? Oh my God. And I was like, I, I found you. it in the JCPenney catalog <laughs> and I circled it. 
<laughs> and I was like, this one right here. My mom says to me, she goes, you're going to grow out of that sweater and that sweater costs $50 and you're one of six children. Really figure that choice out, Tom. And yeah, I said... Yeah. My Christmas will be ruined if you don't give me this sweater. Oh. <laughs> and when we wrote our Christmas list, it just said V-neck sweater. That's oh it. Oh, my God. And That's... I put numbers down the side and just at the top, V-neck sweater, everything else in the way. <laughs> I was like, this is all I want. So it's Christmas morning and I'm opening up my presents and I'm not getting the sweater. And at the end of, I thought I, my presents were over. And my mom goes, what's wrong, Tom? And I'm like, I didn't get what I wanted. And my oh. mom and dad are like, well, why don't you open that box behind you? And I open it up and there's this cream V-neck sweater with oh. hunter green and maroon like like nice. edging. Yes. And I was like, this is all I wanted. So I put it on and I'm like, I'm, I, feel, I felt like I was the sexiest fifth grader <laughs> there ever was. And I walk into my grandma's house and my grandma always gave us wine and seltzer for Christmas. Wine? Wine and seltzer. Yeah. Okay. Because it was an Italian, my Italian grandmother okay. was like, here, drink this wine. I'm like, what? It's okay. a wine spritz it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And one time I had too many and I got a terrible headache and I didn't understand what happened. (laughs) So we were at the dinner table and I'm like, just like looking at everyone, hoping they'd be looking at me in my V-neck sweater, just like obsessed with myself. Oh my God. And I'm drinking this wine and seltzer and the red wine spilt (gasps) white sweater. And I look to my mother and she just goes, that's what you get. (gasps) Oh! Oh. Merry Christmas, son. Oh, my God. Now, did you get the stains out? Nope. You had seltzer. Nope. I wore that. Nope. Because it, it, it ruined the sweater. Oh, I wore it for God. like three hours. No. And I oh uh, was God. pretty sad. Merry but I also Christmas. realized in that moment I was pretty gay. Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. And I love that you were like Don Davenport with your cha-cha heels, like, you know, in Female Trouble. So, you know, have you seen Female Trouble? No, I've seen Tom Female Trouble. Tom DeTrenis, yeah, of course. I mean, Shame on you. I'm in Tom, trouble. I'm in Female you, Trouble right now. Okay, so you are pretty gay, but but bad. I, I, I hate that I hate thing about take, gay. take your gay take, part no, away. But take it away. But take the it away. Joan Rivers documentary and Female Trouble, these are two essential. Please. I'm pretty sure I saw the Joan Rivers one, but I just don't remember. Pretty well, sure. you must watch Well, Female I'm pretty trouble. sure you're almost gay. Well, thank you, Pat. I appreciate I really do. It. I was going to say this awful thing. I don't know why sometimes I say it, but I hate when people say I'm going to take your gay card away. It's like, relax. There's is, no such thing. And no. we all are, we're all, we're all unicorns. We're all, no, no, all of us like uh, Judy Garland. And I, there's a oh. lot of, there's a lot of those kind of movies that I still have yet to see because well, I'm very, I was much more a theater nerd than a film nerd when I was growing yeah. up. So like, I just immersed myself in theater faggotry than I did with like, um, well, but the but, the, the but, actresses of of film and TV. Right. Well, but the the most the biggest actress of film and TV that you need to know at Drew Drogi's school of everything is Divine. <laughs> oh yes, and Divine and Female Trouble is so brilliant. sublime and brilliant, and it's okay. oh my god, you would love it. You would. Love All right, it. I'm gonna have to. I'll, and I'll, anybody listening, my, if you haven't seen Female Trouble, like oh my oh my good lord, but you will understand because the, the whole movie actually hinges on. Divine starts when when she's in high school. Don Davenport's in high school, and all she wants is cha cha heels for Christmas. <laughs> and her and you know, and there's this whole thing where her parents are like, "Nice girls don't wear cha cha heels," and Don Davenport's <laughs> not a nice girl, and yeah. it sends her on a into a life of crime and debauchery. Uh-huh. That is the action. Not getting the cha cha heels causes her to ruin Christmas, storm out. See this that that. Sounds familiar? That's the same thing. That's the same thing. I mean, basically, you've lived it and you understand it. it. Thank you. But, um, (laughs) God, I love that you got this. I mean, I love that you, oh, my God. Like a V-neck sweater so specifically. Like, I clearly saw a man on the street who I thought was very attractive. 
at a young age, like uh-huh. Ring of Keys style. Yeah, sure, And was sure, like, sure. look at that sexy dude. Or like, I feel something in my body for this man wearing mm-hmm. this V-neck mm-hmm. sweater. What's I need happening to, to I me? I need uh-huh. to feel the same. Yeah. So it was pretty. I just also love my mother. It was just like, oh, well, deal with yeah, the kid. Yeah, Ooh. exactly. Life lessons. That's, that's what you get. That's yeah. so nuts. Tried to warn you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, she exactly. sure did. She sure did. Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. And we're out of time. How about that? Merry Christmas and we're out of time. Merry Christmas. Oh my God, this has been wonderful. I could talk to you guys forever. I know. Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you for having us. It feels like an extension of that show we did called Die. Which is currently closed and you can't watch it. Coming to New York Coming to New York. How many people thought we were going to New York? Too many. I don't know. Too many. I don't know. And lots of, when is this thing going to New York? And we're like, well, years well, ago. Years ago. Yeah, years, years ago. ago. <laughs> it's already happened in New York when Charles uh-huh. Bush was in it. And yeah, it was so there thing. you go. So, there you go. Anyway, I'm going to thank my guests, Pat Town and Tom DeTrinis. Thank Thanks. you so well, much. Thank you, darling. Thank you, Drew. Good to see you. This has been another episode of Drew Drogi's Minor Revelations. I can't say revelations, apparently. <laughs> That's my revelation. <laughs> minor revelations. Oh, Have nice. a week. Bye. Bye.